Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast. We discuss Christian, Messianic, and other artists in from a Messianic and Christian perspective. Uh, my name's David. I have a Messianic background. Certainly have uh, spent time in the Christian community as well, so I have um, that type of experience. Yeah, my name's Mark, and I grew up with a Protestant background, but uh, technically you know, Jewish on my mother's side, and uh, I've enjoyed as uh, growing my faith and learning more about the Hebrew roots of the faith. Excellent. And we're talking about Georgia Clay's 1995 debut album. You know, with it being their debut album, it seemed like they um, recorded this wall in college and like basically went on to almost immediate success. Um, mm-hmm. All this is happening. So yeah, they formed in college. Um, I didn't, I didn't see like who recruited who, whom. In college, they had some other earlier demo. They released it to uh, a couple like gospel showcases and like talent show kind of um, submissions, and then those got approved and they won the act. And then they, you know, re-recorded the music for the album, and you know, made some changes. And then, and then that album just skyrocketed, and they went on from there. One thing that found interesting was that they had the help of a famous musician named Adrian Bellow, who's was prolific with King Crimson. Some big help on on those songs. Familiar with uh, King Crimson? No, I, I mean I know their name, but I don't know their work specifically. Yeah the reworking of songs from initial demos for the most part. I, I, I don't think I've ever listened to the original album. Yeah, I haven't either. But this was one of the very first albums that I was definitely familiar with growing up. But I think this was one, a staple for um, car road trips. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> and probably got it around... Um, maybe as early as 97, 98 or something. So a few years in. So before I'd really gotten to the um, rock music as much, you know, I guess I would categorize it as, you know, alternative rock or um, yeah. acoustic rock maybe. Um, yeah, it's definitely. It has, a, it has, you know, partially a pop feel. So was this the first uh, Jersey Clay album that you listened to? Yeah. I mean, it was the exact same kind of thing. I, the, my earliest memory of it is my older sister again. Um, she had a cassette tape, and she, I think it was like on a road trip, and she she put the the tape on in, in the car while we were driving on a road trip, and so that's that's the first time I, I remember hearing it and liking it. So uh, not too long after, Flood was on the radio, so I remember Flood being on alternative radio, and that was another song that got me into the album probably around 96 within you know around 
This was one of the two CDs you got for your bar mitzvah, right? Yeah, I mentioned that in the yeah, Supertones thing. I believe that one of the first introductions, uh, really Christian music too, um, at least outside of, uh, you know, Christmas music or something like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really been exposed to that at all. And I don't think I ever, you know, as much as Flood had, had mainstream success, I, I don't think I ever heard it on uh, mainstream radio. Certainly um, not before I had listened to the album. Yeah, I think it was only for like that, uh, for the, as far as being on the radio, it was only around, you know, like maybe 95 to 97, around that time frame that it was on the radio. They were able to get a lot of uh, Christian radio success and were able to immediately have a big touring career, uh, you know, as a Christian band. Um, did you ever see them live? Yeah, I think I, I don't. I think I've seen them twice, but the main one I remember it was at a, like a big Christian music festival. You know, I was in adolescence at that time and like young, maybe young teenager years. So I think I saw. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw them. <laughs> but I think they had sound problems because it was at the festival, so they ended up having to like play half their set acoustically, which you know they would have done anyways. But like, uh, it was like raining, and they like played flood in the rain, and they were still like a younger touring group then. Yeah, I remember it not being the most ideal situ- uh, circumstances, unfortunately. I mean, sometimes the like the acoustic moments are you know better than the big old production too yeah i mean, certainly it, it does i think you know getting to enjoy these you know songs i think it would be as good hearing them acoustic or different variations i know that there's certainly been um acoustic or other versions of a lot of their songs like they've seemed to have a decent number of like remix acoustic live alternate kind of ver- versions of their albums yeah, I, I appreciate that about them. Yeah, the first song really drew me in, um, Liquid. The music style of the intro is is really interesting. Really nice beat and kind of uh, driving rhythm. And I like the and the chanting is kind of mysterious. I don't real, know the real meaning besides it, besides it being cool. I don't know if there's extra backstory behind that. Yeah, like why they're chanting or what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they picked up a sample. You know, it could have it very well could have been a sample. I never looked at that that up. Um, but yeah, the, I yeah, the, I felt the exact same way. It's a really unique introduction to an album. <laughs> like really cool acoustic guitar, really cool bass line, and then little Gregorian chants going up on the tom on the top. Wow. <laughs> oh, um, so apparently they just picked, they picked up a chant at random. They didn't, the band didn't even know the meaning behind it. Um, but you know, it is a, they did take a Christian, obviously it was a Christian lyric and, and stuff like that. So I won't even necessarily go into the, meaning of it since it, it I guess it doesn't really matter for the band yeah but I, I think it's a really powerful message on like the the one thing that I know is that he didn't die for nothing yeah um, talking about Yeshua Jesus 
Yeah, it's really bold, strong opening, strong opening lyric. And it's also talking about, you know, yeah, him dying, you know, so, and then the rest of the lyrics, so. Uh, yeah, like a little contemplation yeah. on the suffering of the lamb. So I'm going to ask, uh, do you think it's called liquid because of blood? Yeah, I think I think that was my interpretation. That has been my interpretation generally. Uh, I'm thinking about the blood or blood, sweat, and maybe tears, you know. Sinking is another title where I'm not quite sure on the song title. Yeah, well, he does say treading water I keep from sinking. It's definitely more of a metaphor than, you know, it's not talking about, a, you know, like the flood, you know, like in the, in the song Flood trying to keep from falling spiritually. When I listen to Flood, it's like they're using the biblical metaphor of the flood and they're using the, the idea of, but it's not really necessarily talking about Noah, although you could say maybe uh, like judgment from God during the flood, you know, and falling in with the, the crowd or falling in with the, the way of the world. He definitely personalizes like he's talking about his own issues in a in a poetic way. Yeah, see through my forever lies. I really like that lyric. Someone showing pride, and then, and then, you know, like realizing that they they can't deal with it on their own. Um, so I think yeah, a love song for a savior. Um, so another um, song that I really like lyrically and. Uh, as well as musically. I like the the simple childlike wonder um, in the first part of the song. And then I also like the people in church but um, that aren't paying attention. It seems too, easy, seems too easy to call you savior, not close enough to call you God. That's a line that's appealed to me. You know, it comes back to me. So that first song, Liquid, it's actually kind of hard to to talk about Christ's suffering and his being our savior at the time. You know, the issue is the, the pain and the suffering that he went through. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at times, like, even, you know, we talked about the words, the word for Adonai, for like, the word God seems can, can seem to be far away from us. And then he ends with the line, I want to fall in love with you. <laughs> and it turns turns into like it literally is like a love song to for a savior <laughs> i like that idea i can i can imagine some people if they didn't listen to the lyric close close enough they could just i want to fall in love with you i like can imagine them using that you know thinking that it's just about a girl or something <laughs> right it is interesting you know the verses wouldn't really fit with that but yeah, it would be kind of a classic love song kind of trope for the chorus. Like a Child also has, you know, the same thing about the childhood. Um, you know, some of the songs have lyric themes go across multiple songs. Um, yeah, yeah, that, this album flows and has some nice themes that go together really well. I, almost, it's almost like, you know, actually the first time this week when I was that I, you know, quote unquote, listened to it. I didn't actually listen to it. I was just checking out the lyrics pages and the music kind of just flowed from one song to another within my head, you know, the first, the first time I came back to this album. 
Um, I like I like the little child child sample that they put in here in this song, too. The little the, the, on like the playground. I enjoyed that. Um, I also like that. Um, you know the the mountains crashing into the sea. Um, you know which mm. obviously is common lyric from Christian or secular songs. Um, this is an interesting, but I, I think it was it was good. And I also really like the extra. Um, instrument on this. I don't know if it was, um, would, would it be like a Celtic inspiration? I don't know. They have, they have a lot of sounds going on on this album that I, um, like just around like the flutes and the violins. And it's almost, it's kind of weird. Like the sound that they have is like, I just, I don't know of any other band or any other group that has this exact sound. They have, maybe, maybe it's coming from Celtic. Celtic influence, yeah. But I, I just there's a certain sound that they have on this particular album that just like that just immediately says jars of clay to me, yeah. and the jars of clay subtitled. So there's cello, mandolin, violin, uh, fiddle, uh, recorder, and uh, oh. viola. Oh, and oboe. Wow, no, so no flute. I don't think so. the. I think an oboe might have the. Maybe an oboe has that same kind of sound. Yeah, and the, the recorder. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, those two. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. It's very, 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 very creative. How much of this is a drum machine, and how much of it is a, like a live drummer? <laughs> like this particular song, or something, or, or just on the album. I remember listening to it and thinking, um, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like drum tech sounds. I'm sure they do have a real drummer at times, but the, it's it's a pretty like it's a very mid '90s, late '90s, and I think that, I think they were pretty influential with their their the way they incorporated all these instruments and their like pop alternative sound. That was pretty cool that they were able to like bring all these elements together. It's so elemental. <laughs> What's that line again? Is it soul elemental? I heard, is it so elemental? So elemental, yes. So elemental, like, yeah. Yes, like maybe so necessary going. Right. Yeah, I had to look up the actual words on that. Yeah, your explanation sounds good for me on that. I can't really think of, yeah, is it necessary? Um, yeah, exactly. For Art and Me and He, um, they seem like of like a very personal song or I don't know if it's if it's being written about a friend or or if it's Dan Hasseltain himself or one of the band members or somebody they knew but they are kind of like for me these these songs kind of talk about you know personal tragedies and or personal longings from like me like either maybe from a child or from somebody who's growing older or maybe from Maybe from a woman or somebody saying, please recognize my value, recognize my worth. And in the midst of like, like there's some really hard moments in the song He, like, Daddy, won't you, don't you love me? So why do you hurt me? Mama, don't you love me? So why don't, why don't you hear me? I think is, I think is the lyrics. And then like the longing for, you know, please see the art in me. And I kind of saw them as like taking these hard, issues and taking them before the lord and saying you know like trying to find god and trying to have the lord like speak into the hurting person and seeing value in their life 
that's kind of how I interpreted them. But it's 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 really it's challenging material that sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful song. Yeah, it's tough lyrics if you if you actually look into it, but it's something that you know in the middle point of the album you might not pay attention to uh, as much. You know, they said like it's not based directly on their experience, but it's on a a book, you know, a um, nonfiction book um, that was talking about uh, child abuse. Yeah, and kudos to them for for doing that in such an interesting way. You know, this is an interesting album in that, like, you know, sometimes it reads like the Psalms, where it's kind of expressing difficult subjects and bringing them before the Lord. You most of the time they're not like quoting quoting the Psalms, but it's like writing new Psalms where you know, like you know, in the in the Psalms, David writes some like really really difficult challenging words and he's like i want my enemies to be killed please vanquish them you know and like we're like we're mourning and we're you know we're tired and thirsty and worn out basically but the, but you oh lord are god you know that's kind of it's kind of like the message of some of the psalms for some of these middle middle words they come across to me as that that way oh very good so boy in a string obviously that's referencing pinocchio um Woo-hoo! You know, even says Geppetto in there. So I guess it's just talking about not letting outside forces control you. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a prodigal son, which Pinocchio is definitely a prodigal son story. Maybe a Jonah too. But yeah, like, yeah, it's kind of like the prodigal son. As, I mean, when I was, when I was a teenager, this, this song helped some of the prodigal son ideas. And, and actually the movie Pinocchio helped prodigal son story come to light for me and interestingly i think it actually comes out of art and me and he a little bit too where this person has like a personal struggle but then there's like a good way to use it or or not do you think the band has you know struggled with some of these concepts as they've gone on to more fame and stardom (laughs) you know like being a performer like dancing on the stage you know i don't know i I haven't really read about like following performances and and things like that that certainly could almost attribute it to a band that's been around for a while or popular for a while and has to play the same songs over and over again or things like that but yeah some people accuse george clay of like very like selling out you know, pretty early in their career. And I wonder, I wonder if this is, um, I kind of, I've kind of wondered about, about them as a band if the, as they've, you know, gone on to more fame and kind of struggling with the, um, being a, a public believers, you know, and re- remembering Geppetto, yeah. the creator. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I, I don't think I've really seen much in the way of controversy as far as, as far as that yeah yeah they did have a lot of drum loops on this album i'm kind of curious okay. why, why that happened now um, they did have you know a drummer they had a touring drummer at least i guess there's a clay didn't really have a full-time drummer in their band um so they had mm-hmm. studio and touring drummers well on to the big song uh flood yeah 
I do really like the song, and I think that's uh, up there on on the top songs from the album, most memorable songs. Um, I think that people seem to exaggerate how much of a rock song it is. I mean, there's certainly <laughs> a little bit more of guitar on this compared to the rest. Um, and the kind of tempo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do enjoy the structure. I, I like the, you know, like the toned down uh, verses and then a little heavier on the way of the, of the choruses. Yeah. The loud, hard, loud, hard. As a crossover mainstream pop hit and a rock hit, it, it does some cool things in like the breakdown. I think the song compared to the rest of the album is a little sonically different. I think maybe only the intro gets to the same kind of heaviness. Uh, and most of the album's kind of acoustic. But like this, like the flood breakdown is really cool. Like you have these the little cello or four string quartet and he's like kind of whispering, singing in that moment. It's interesting that the flood references from someone that, you know, obviously perished in the flood or that it's, you know, so it wasn't from like God's perspective or one of the past, you know, Noah's perspective or even someone else on the boat that it was, it was someone that was dying on there that, you know, someone that, you know, wasn't following God. Um, yeah. Before. That's cool. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of, I think it adds to the, you know, urgency of the song. Yeah. 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 Did you ever see the film A Walk to Remember? No, or, I didn't. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a A Walk to Remember was kind of a was a Christian film with probably a walk. Anymore. Yeah. So the film had some mainstream appeal, you know, or relatively successful. It helped uh, It helped get the switch with some of their broader appeal. Yeah. I like the Switchfoot's appearances in that a little more. So Flood had a prominent theme uh, appearance in the movie, or the main guy in the movie converted to Christianity. And then this was like the song that he was listening to now instead of uh, listening to like mainstream rock. <laughs> and it was nice. funny because I could like the, I I felt it was pretty cheesy in the, in the movie itself. I think Switchfoot fit more organically with the, in the movie. She did a cover of it of Only Hope, right? Well, she did. I know she sings. I think she oh, sings yeah. a cover right. of it at some point. Yeah. So she. I haven't seen the film. Yeah, in the film itself, yeah, Mandy Moore does a cover of a Switchfoot song, and then there's actually I think three other songs in the soundtrack of the film from Switchfoot. Oh, okay. And they're a little, a little more organic. I, I still think it's distracting from my perspective because they're so memorable for me you instantly get distracted by, oh, it's a Switchfoot song. One of the characters listening to a Jars of Clay song on CD or cassette was a little distracting too. Uh, the movie itself, you know, honestly, um, we might maybe review it sometime if you can get that as far <laughs> I can find a copy of it. Yeah, Christian stuff. Um, it wasn't that good a movie. I think a, a lot of people do like the movie, but, you know, um, yeah, I didn't really care for it. And, It'd be interesting. Yeah, no, I've only think I've seen it once. Cool. I didn't see it, but I was. Um, I think I was out outside. Even though I was a believer, and I liked Switchfoot at the time, I was outside the demographic in that I wasn't uh, a 
a middle school teenage girl. And I think, <laughs> I think we're younger. I think around the middle school teenage girls, that was like perfect for them. <laughs> From what I remember. Of their oh, that's, a, that's a great point. And that definitely seemed to be that, that target audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if it brought some success for George Clay and Switchfoot, I'm, I'm happy with it, but that's about yeah, all. Yeah. Saying that movie. It seems like if they wanted to, they could have made it more of a straight alternative rock song versus, you know, it's like an acoustic rock song with heavier moments, like a, or where their acoustic guitar is still centered. Well, I think, I think the, the acoustic guitar sound is really cool. Like just as, you know, as a guitarist, I think the sound that they have, uh, they're playing pretty high up the fretboard or, you know, for just for playing, um, uh, just power chords on there and i think on the album this is like about as hard as they could have gotten uh, when i was younger uh and this is like not this is pretty soon after like nirvana you know it was it was close enough to that time frame so uh, i think at the time i wanted it to be heavier and i think now if if the band were to like re-record this album or if they had done it you know a couple albums later if they had held off on the song and recorded it like around the, uh, you know, at a, at a later point in their career, they would have, they would have gone heavier, but I'm, I'm okay with this. It being the way it sounds. And I think it fits on the album. It seems like you wanted the heavy though. You wanted to rock out. It's just, like, it's funny. Like it's funny when you go to a jars of clay concert, like, or if you, you know, if you were to go to one, like people are like play flood and play flood. And that's like the one song the entire set at, you know earlier in their career where like you can mosh or like try to mosh <laughs> and it's like it's funny to mosh to this acoustic rock song <laughs> not quite too not quite heavy like fully it, that is funny yeah and i guess it's about the contrast compared to the other songs you know let's uh go on to uh worlds apart which yeah i i really like that how they sing it um quicker lyrics on the on the verses where they're building up intensity mm -hmm. you get the meaning of the lyrics without it um but it's quick enough that you don't really pick up the individual words or memorize the individual lines right yeah i had some friends for some youth group friends they got really into the song and uh um in high school and like yeah i wanted one of them did a dance performance to this song and when i was younger i didn't like didn't follow all of what the message was but then after i you know i kind of heard their take on it i was like oh yeah this song is there's a lot going on here there's it's really powerful a lot of lyrics and it seems like you know you mentioned the there's like the pride he's talking about the pride that comes up along many times it seems like you know it's talking about like human sin, human, human pride, human turning away from, from the Lord, um, and then but then the the need for Yeshua, you know, for the for his sacrifice. Yeah, you know, to not become another nail to pierce the skin. Um, mm -hmm. Another common theme, you know, talking about yeah needing um, Yeshua. Very, this is very powerful. The closest, 
one of the closest um, things, the songs to a, like a worship song, the closest they get to a worship song, a straightforward worship song on the album, even though it's not straightforward. Yeah, like the poetry, yeah, Take My World Apart. Well, uh, the last song listed on the track is Blind, but there's also the <laughs> song, which is nice. It's, it's kind of interesting. I, I think I enjoy, and certainly in the days of CDs, I enjoyed the, the bonus track um, as a concept. Yeah, this has got to be like one of the longest, the longest bonus tracks ever created, right? <laughs> I think uh, I think when I on my on my um, on my on my MP3 player and actually even on Amazon Music, it's listed at like 27 minutes long. You know, which I you know what's interesting is a lot of that is it's not just silence, right? There's probably only like maybe a minute of silence yeah no it's it it is interesting i mean think the you know total yeah so it's about four minutes of the of the the first song blind and then the the bonus track well there's essentially two bonus tracks almost you know because there's yeah extra song and then there's um and then there's the extra recordings which is you know 20 minutes plus you know yeah when i was young i i don't know i didn't always like I, sometimes we would just stop the cd but i remember one time you know studying i think i was studying math <laughs> and just working on some math problems and then i was like wait they're just like this they're, they're still playing these violins and cellos they're still going on like are they practicing or warming up and they, it just kept on going but I think it you know, like in music, it sounds. I think it sounds good, like all of it, the entire way through. Very artistic. It's interesting. I I do like you know that bonus song, um, a little more of an upbeat rock rock thing. Um, so it's officially called Four Seven, um, which references the uh, the Bible verse where the phrase jars of clay is from. They say we have this treasure in earthen vessels in the. Um, in the song, but there, yeah, that's but one of some translations say we have this treasure in jars of clay, right? And I bet you that was an intentional where they that they used for that song, at least they used the words uh, earthen vessels instead of jars of clay, yeah. But yeah, that's second Corinthians. I really like the bass lines on that bonus track, there's some uh, skilled things going on for that uh-huh yeah yeah whoa yeah yeah whoa 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 <laughs> yeah and for me the 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 extra strings going on it's kind of an interesting curiosity i, I would skip that now i would you know listen to the bonus track but then um not listen to the extra uh string you know actually guess it's like rehearsal kind of thing going on it's it was kind of an interesting curiosity to listen to once yeah yeah that's not necessary <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that's the whole album i i definitely recommend it i think it was solid through and through liquid might be my favorite song but then uh flood is definitely up there and and there's a lot to like on um 
all the CD. You know, I there were I wouldn't skip any songs on the album. For me, this is one of those albums that, you know, I, I got it early on in my life. I've actually come back and listened listened to it throughout throughout my life ever since, pretty much. Um, maybe not every year, but maybe maybe every year. Uh, and then you know a couple times a year, some you know, or, or more often. It's kind of like my favorites, like with a, a lot of with people's favorite albums. You know, my song favorite song at the moment changes, basically depending on my like where I'm at in my life. I think uh, it's I think it's like an it's an interesting as a crossover album, as a pop album, you know, the as a Christian album, as a as as like poetry and. I think it's it's pretty it's artistic. The messianic themes we we only talked a little bit like so we talked about Yeshua, uh, and then there's the flood. The way he they write songs is like Psalms. Um, I think it's that's relatable, right? Wouldn't you say? Would you say that? I'd say so. Yeah, definitely is strong uh, lyrically that they're you know they re- they do biblical references and you know some historical i guess mythology mythological references but they're they're really creating their own unique songs like in the same way as as the psalmist does like i certainly think it's that kind of approach yeah so if you want to get in touch with us our email is messianicmedia at gmail.com we have a facebook page for a while facebook.com slash messianicmedia you know, this podcast has been around for a few years, but we're going to update it again now that we've uh, relaunched it with our new format. Yeah, leave us some comments, send us an email, and hopefully we'll, you'll listen to the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.